Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. If you were here last Sunday, I started a, a short series called It's Not Time to Be Civilized. And really, church, it's it's we I'm not interested in being professional. I'm not here to please people. We want to please God. And the way you please God is by doing things according to His Word. So that means everything's not always kosher with the culture. Sometimes we get out of step with the culture. Some, sometimes we might be thought of as a little bit weird. And I'm okay with that. Hallelujah. Because we're in a world that needs Jesus. We're in a world that needs a touch of God. We're, we're, we live in a world and a day and age that needs a move of God. A move of man is not enough. We need a move of God. I preached last Sunday about Jephthah of the Old Testament. I preached about John the Baptist of the New Testament and how even though they weren't exactly domesticated, that the Lord used them for his purpose. So we, we don't need to be interested in being domesticated or sanitized or proper. We, we just need to seek the face of the Lord. We need to have radical faith. It's okay to be radical for Jesus. Come on, I thought I'd get a little bit bigger amen on that. It's okay to be radical for Jesus. It's okay. Wednesday night, I continued this series. I don't always tie Wednesday and Sunday together, but I did this this past week and taught through the account of the apostle Peter walking on the water. Church, it was Peter's faith that led him to get out of the boat. The other's lack of faith kept them in the boat. But because Peter was willing to be a little bit radical, it's like, Jesus, you're out there walking on water. I've never seen this before. But I want to be a part of it. So Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. If you give me an opportunity to be a part of the miracle, I want to be a part of it. You know what Jesus said? One word, come. Come. Peter stepped out of that boat, started walking on the water because of his radical faith. Listen, because he had faith, Peter was a participant in the miracle. The others were just a spectator of the miracle. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the middle of what God's doing. I want to be in the middle of what God, I don't want to be on the outside looking in. I I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a person who believes that God can do anything. I want to believe that my God is great and big. There's nothing too hard for my God. I don't want to limit him with my thinking. I don't want to limit him with my structure by putting him in a box. It's not time to be civilized. Tell your neighbor, it's not time to be civilized. Matthew chapter 8, you got your Bibles? You got your Bibles, right? Got your Bibles? Got your Bibles? If not, at least open that app. Chapter 8, book of Matthew, verse 16. says this, when evening had come, Everybody say evening. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. (laughs) 
I love that. All Jesus has to do is say a word. Just a word. He speaks and the wind and the waves obey. So what does it say that Jesus did next? He healed all. He healed all, not some, not a couple. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. This is Old Testament. He's referencing back. Here's what Isaiah said. He himself took on our infirmities and bore our sickness. God bless you. You can be seated. Matthew said here that when evening, when evening had come, I think it's safe to say that we're living in the evening time. The sun is setting, if you will. The night is fast approaching. It indeed is evening time in the world. The preparations for the Lord's return are are being made, and we are getting closer and closer, and we see the signs of that. Prophecy is being fulfilled at a breakneck pace. Speaking of prophecies, the prophet Joel of the Old Testament said that in the last days, says God, in the, in the evening time, in the evening time, if you will, in the, in the last days, the Lord is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. There's that word all again. He's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Well, the Life Church, if you didn't know it, the Life Church is a spirit-filled church. We believe in what Joel prophesied. We believe in what happened on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. We believe that in the evening time, God's going to pour out his spirit. In the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so if you've been around here very long, you already know that this is a spirit Field church. If you've attended First Steps, we talk about it there. This is a spirit-filled church. And let me tell you something about spirit-filled churches. We trace our roots to the teachings of healing in the atonement of Jesus Christ. We believe that healing is right there in the atonement, right alongside salvation. What I mean by that is that when you look at the cross and when you think of what was accomplished on the cross, Jesus Christ did not only pay the price for our salvation there, but he also also went to the cross for the healing of our bodies. The Messianic prophecy found in Isaiah 53 that was alluded to in our, our text that we read just a moment ago, it says this, by his stripes... By his stripes, we are healed. During communion, when we receive communion, listen, we drink of the fruit of the vine, and that that, that represents the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. But we also do something else. We eat of the bread, and that bread represents his body that was broken. So we've got the blood and we've got the broken body. We've got the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins. And we've got his body that was broken so that we could be healed. 
He was broken so that we could be made whole. So by his stripes, not only are we saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, but by his stripes, we are healed. History tells us that Jesus received 39 lashes, 39 stripes, those healing stripes. There were 39 of them, and that was the traditional punishment in that day for a condemned prisoner. But listen, there, there's, there's possibly a correlation to those 39 stripes and what that means for us. The American Medical Association has grouped or has categorized all of the diseases of the world. If, you, if you're able to group them in likeness and categorize them, they say that there are 39 root sources for all diseases known to man. They say that there's 39 categories that you can fit all diseases in. Well, church, if that is correct, then there was one stripe for each classification of disease known to man by his stripes. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to say that right now and claim that by his stripes, we are healed. Somebody needs to make it personal right now. By his stripes, I am healed. It's not that we were healed. It's that we are healed. We are being healed. It is a present prophecy. It is a present promise. By his stripes, we are healed. Oh, somebody say that in prayer right now. Come on, speak that over a family member. Speak that over a loved one by his stripes. By his stripes, we are healed. They are healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Does anybody here believe that what we pray here in this place can take effect somewhere else? Does anybody believe that our, our prayers don't know any bounds? You can pray and proclaim the word of God here and it take effect on the other side of the world. By his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The, the symbol for modern medicine today, you, you see this in doctor's offices and on lapel pins. You, you see this on websites, but the, 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 the symbol for modern medicine today is that of a, a serpent and a staff. This, this is what it looks like. No doubt you, you, you've seen that before. Listen, I don't know if it's a coincidence or, or not. Some some. Some say that, that this goes all the way back to Asclepius, the Greek god of, of healing. This is Asclepius right here. And, and some say, oh, that's where that's, that's, where that's from. But, but can I tell you today that there was a serpent on a staff that goes back further than Asclepius? Because when the children of Israel were in the wilderness... And when they were afflicted by venomous vipers, the Bible tells us that Moses, he lifted up a brazen serpent on a pole and he told the people who were bit by those snakes to look upon it. And if they looked on that serpent on that pole, that they would live. 
Fast forward all the way to the New Testament in John chapter 3, verse 14. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, and as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Oh, praise God. Hear me today. In the Old Testament, when they got bit by a snake, when they were sick in their body, if you will, the rule was Moses lifted up a serpent on a pole, and the rule was look on it and live. But when Jesus came, the rule is now if you'll look on him and believe, you will live. If you'll get your eyes on Jesus, he's the life giver. Listen, Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, but Jesus came so that you might have life. Look on him and live. Believe on him and live. Oh, praise God. Church, you got to know that Jesus' ministry was and is a healing ministry. The days of healing are not over. Come on, there's going to be light in the evening time. Clap your hands if you believe that. There's going to be light in the evening. He's going to pour out his spirit in the last days. His greatest works haven't been done. It's going to be healings at evening. So there's going to be healings at evening. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to let faith attach to that right now today. There's going to be healings. Oh, I know some try to explain it away and say, you know what? Healings have ceased and the miraculous is over. Listen, they're not reading the same Bible that I read because Jesus said greater things shall you do than this. We're not greater than him, but he gives us his power. Hallelujah. I preached last month about the lame man who was at the pool of Bethesda. I'm not going to spend much time on this because I just got finished preaching about it, but let me touch on it real quick and I'll move along. There, I want to point out a, a couple of occurrences of healing that took place in the New Testament involving a, a pool. I hope I'm not distracting you. You're ready to go find a, a nice, cool, refreshing pool to jump in on this summer day. But, but here, this, this first miracle that happened at the pool is in John chapter 5. And we're told of a man, the Bible says that he had been sick for 38 years. A long time. But when Jesus showed up, Jesus asked him a question. He asked this man, do you want to be made well? You know what that lets me know? That lets me know that we have a part in the miracle. Some healings aren't just up to God alone. They're up to us. We have to decide. We have to make up in our mind, do I want this to happen? Can, can I tell you today that some, some people get so wrapped up in their infirmity that it becomes their identity? Some people get so entrenched in their past to, to, to think that their future being different, that that means that they're going to erase their identity. Listen, you've got a part to play in the miracle. Do you want to keep on living like you've been living or do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? Do you want Jesus to do something about your predicament? Come on, you got a part to play in this. 
I can stand up here all day and preach the gospel to you. And you can sit right there and listen to me preach. But until you start radically believing that God can do anything, it doesn't matter how much I preach or how much you listen. You've got to get your faith involved. You've got to say, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. It's not time to be civilized. I've got to get a touch of God. I've got to get in the presence of God. Come on, if you've got to get a little bit desperate, do whatever you need to do. You don't need to leave here the same way you came. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, the healing may be up to you. Nobody else is going to force you. Praise God. Praise God. That lame man said to Jesus, but I have no man. He made an excuse. I said I wasn't going to preach about this very long. He made an excuse. I've, I've got no man. You can make an excuse or you can have faith. You can put your belief in your current condition or you can put your faith in the fact that God can change your condition. It's amazing when you juxtapose the, the, this account of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda and also that, that, that account of the man who was let down through the ceiling, right? He had, he had four friends that were there for him. This, this guy at the pool had no man. This guy that was let down through the roof, he had four men. I want, I want somebody to know today, you got some men and women around you who are ready to partner with you. Say, hey, we're going to do whatever it takes if we can just get you into the presence of the Lord. If we can just get you to the feet of Jesus. There's no telling what our God can do because we believe that he can do all things. We believe that nothing is impossible to our God. Oh, somebody willing to be one of those four men today. Is there anybody here today say, I'll believe for you, brother. I'll believe with you, sister. I'll worship. I'll pray with you. I'll have faith with you today. Oh, hallelujah. That's the first pool. That's the first one. Bethesda. Beautiful pool. Porches inside the city, close to the temple. Beautiful place. But there was another pool that was mentioned in John chapter 9. This one's called the Pool of Siloam. Siloam means, means sent, and this pool was built during the reign of King Hezekiah. Now, I want you to catch this. This pool had, had five levels, not porches. It had five levels. Let me say it like this. It had, it had five different depths. There, there were the, they just kind of worked their way down. The, these kind of stair stepped their way down five different depths. And when you, when you came into the first level of the pool, then it was nice. You know, it'd come up to about your ankles, and you could just walk around in that, in that cool water. Just walk around it. But if you, if you got, you know, ready for something more, then you could take another step down to the next depth, to the next level in that pool, and, and then it come up to about your knees. And the third level was about up to your waist. And then the, the fourth, you know, you're around, you're around your chest. But there was a fifth level, a fifth depth of that pool that was over your head. And you could just jump off into it. Waters to swim in. One pool, five different depths, 
five different levels. So let me ask you today, how deep do you want to go? Because it's up to you. Because the level of the depth, it lies with you. It lies with your desire today. Listen, I believe there are some that may be thinking, you know what, what he's preaching around about sounds nice, and I'd kind of like to dip my toe in that water that he's talking about. And there's others that say, you know what, I want to get into it to my knees, and maybe I want to get it up to my waist. And there's others who are willing to get in it up to your chest, but I believe there are some others here today who said, you know what, I, I want to dive in to the depths of of what God has for me. I'm not interested in a halfway healing. I'm not interested in a three-quarters healing. I want all that God has. Oh, somebody needs to make up in your mind that you're going to get in the water today. You need to make up in your mind you're going to get in the water. The pool of Siloam, let me hurry. The pool of Siloam, let me tell you where it was located. It wasn't like the pool of Bethesda inside the city walls. It was located on the south side of the city. More specifically, it was located by the valley of Gehenna. If you know anything about Gehenna, well, that was, the, that, that was where all the Jews burned their trash. That's where they took their, 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 their trash, their, their leftovers, their they refuse, if you will. And so in the valley of Gehenna, there was always a fire burning because there was always trash that needed to be burned and there was always smoke that was rising from the valley of Gehenna. Now, now the word Gehenna is translated in the New Testament. We read it in our English Bibles. It's the word hell. If you look at it in the original, it's Gehenna. So what's happening is that the Lord is using this metaphor that he knew that the Jews would connect to. And when he's talking about that place of eternal punishment, he, he likens it to Gehenna. He likens it to the valley of Gehenna where you burn the trash, where you burn where the refuse, where, where there's a fire that's always burning. It doesn't go out and smoke is rising. That, that is Gehenna. And that is where you find the pool of Siloam. It's, it's right there by this place of fire. It's right there by this place of smoke. Listen, this miracle pool is located next door to hell. In Hezekiah's day, the pool was inside the walls of the city. The walls of Jerusalem were destroyed by the Babylonians, and, and when they came, when it came time to build the walls back, the pool was positioned outside the walls. Bethesda was inside the walls, but 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 this pool, the pool of Siloam, is on the other side of the tracks. It's it's out here by the trash pile. It's out here by Gehenna. It's out here by hell. And it was there, church. It was there that Jesus met a blind man. The disciples asked in John chapter 9, verse number 2, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In their mind, it had to be one of those two options. But can I tell you that sometimes there's more than two options? You, you know, you might want to incorporate that into your business philosophy. Sometimes it's not this or that. There may be a third way. Oh, praise God. That's exactly what happened here. Jesus said to him, neither. 
He's not blind because his mom and dad sinned or because he sinned. He, he, he was blind so that the works of God could be revealed in him. In other words, Jesus told him, hey, this is a miracle waiting to happen. Then in verse 6, we read this. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground. He made clay with the saliva. He took that, that saliva mixed with dirt, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. So the blind man went and washed, and he came back seeing. Oh, hallelujah. But I want you to notice where this man was. He wasn't at Bethesda. He wasn't there amongst the religious elite. He wasn't on the inside. He was on the outside. He, he, he was healed instantly, the Bible tells us. Jesus had gone to Bethesda, which was close to the temple and inside the walls. It was close, but here this blind man was where he was living his life, was outside the city. He was living his life right next door to hell. And he received a miracle anyway. Can I preach to you for just a minute? Here's what I know today. I know that I am preaching to people today and every Sunday who may be walking through your own personal hell. I know that I'm preaching to people today who may be dealing with pain in your body. I know that I'm preaching to people who are going through trials in your marriage. I know today that I'm preaching to people who are walking through all kind of hopelessness in your mind. People who are addicted to all kind of things. But I want you to hear today. You may be living next door to Gehenna. There may be a fire that is burning that you don't think is ever going to go out. But I've got a word for you today. If you'll just turn around, you're right next door to a pool of healing. Come on, if you're tired of hell, find healing. If you're tired of pain, there is healing. If you're sick of being sick, there is healing. There's healing. Come on, God's got a pool right where you're living. Somebody clap your hands to God. You don't need to leave here today feeling like you can't make it. We sang about it earlier. Come on, you're going to make it. Your story's not over in Jesus' name. Come on, if you've got addictions hanging on you, there's healing for you. You can make it in Jesus Christ because his, his ministry is a healing ministry. Hallelujah. Yes, he wants to save you, but he wants to heal you too. Yes, he went to the cross for your salvation, but he went to the cross by his stripes. We are healed. We are healed. So quit looking at your misery. Quit looking at the hell you're living in. Start looking to the water. Quit looking at your hopelessness. Start looking at the water. When Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration in Mark chapter 9, he encountered a man who had a demon-possessed son. Here's what that man said in verse 22. He said, if you can do anything, 
have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can believe, if you can believe, church, if you can believe, brother, if you can believe, sister, all things are possible to him who believes. The next verse, verse 24, says this, and immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, he wasn't interested in being civilized. He didn't care who was watching or what somebody might think about him. He had a son who was possessed of the devil. He had a son who was a suffering at that moment. And he said through tears, the Bible says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Listen, that may need to be somebody's prayer right now. Lord, I believe. Lord, I want to believe, but help my unbelief. Help me to believe that indeed you can do anything. Come on, I think we need to pray that right now. Let, let's, let's get doubt out of the room. Come on, let's get doubt out of the room in Jesus' name. Come on, pray that. Pray what that man said. Lord, I believe, but I've got some unbelief. Lord, I believe, God, but I've got some doubt, and I want to dispel the doubt. I want to get rid of the doubt. Come on, pray that. Pray, God, help my unbelief. Let me remind you that when Jesus went in to do a miracle to raise someone back to life, he put the doubters out of the room first. We got to get doubt out of the room. We got to deal with unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know where the unbelief comes in a lot of times? It's we begin looking at the situation and we think that the situation is greater than our God. Oh, I believe, but, but look at this mountain. Oh, I believe, but look at this giant. Oh, I believe, but look at this impossibility. Lord, I believe. Come on, we got to get unbelief out. The miraculous is going to take place today in Jesus' name. The supernatural is going to happen, but we got to get doubt. We got to get unbelief out. In Genesis 1, the Lord declared that the evening and the morning were the same day. You're familiar with the Genesis account. He'd create, and then it would say the evening and the morning were the same day. And he did that six times over those six days of creation, the evening and the morning. It's the same day. So church, what that means for us today is that whatever God did in the morning, he can do in the evening because it's the same day. Oh, hallelujah, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. I'm here to tell you, we may be living in the evening, but the evening and the morning is the same day, and God can do everything that he's done before. He can do it again. What we read in his word is for us today because the evening and the morning is the same day. Listen, the reason that I've preached through some of these Healing accounts of Jesus, and there's so many more, and I just kept cutting this morning out of my notes and, and just getting rid of things because I, I needed to get where I'm going. But listen, it represents when Jesus was on earth and when he was ministering and he was walking through the crowds and when people were reaching out and touching the hem of his garment, that represents the morning. God in flesh, God ministering. That represents the morning, if you will. But it's evening time for us. 
Can I remind you today that Hebrews 13 and 8 declares that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever he did in the morning, oh, somebody needs to get a hold of this today. Whatever he did before, it's the same God. His power is not diminished. His arm is not shortened. He can do anything. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody give him praise. Oh, somebody give him praise. Praise God. We're getting ready to come pray. And I want you to activate your faith today. I want you to go ahead and pre-decide you're coming. You're coming with your need. You're coming with your circumstance. I want you to go ahead and make up in your mind. You're not going to let the enemy take this moment away from you. Make up in your mind. When the, when the appeal is given, you're coming. But before we come and pray, I want us to make some declarations. I, I want us to declare some things together. And the first is this, and we're going to put this on the screen. It's God's will to heal. Come on, we need to declare that today. It's God's will. I didn't say God can. I said it's God's will. It's God's will to heal. Would you say this with me? It's God's will. Come on, now declare it like you believe it. It's God's will to heal. You need to believe that today. You need to believe that not only does God want to save you, but he also wants to heal you. Oh, it may have been a long time for you. It may be evening time in your life, but the word says that Jesus healed them all in the evening. God loves you and he wants you to be well. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel it beginning to rise. I feel a shift beginning to take place. I feel faith beginning to, beginning to be released right now. Hallelujah. It's God's will. It's God's will. It's God's will. Oh, can anybody testify that he's healed you before? Can I get a witness in the house? Come on, you ought to be dead, but you're here today. You ought to be sick with a bad diagnosis, but you're here today. Sister Adrian, can you testify today? She ought to be dead two or three times by now, but she's here. She shouldn't be able to walk, yet she outworships us all. Oh, it's not God's will for you to be sick. It's his will to heal. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, musicians. The leper came to Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Here's what the leper said. The end of this verse He said, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41, then Jesus moved with compassion. (laughs) 
Oh, I believe he's got compassion. He, he knows your plight. He knows your struggle. He, he knows. He, he knows what you've been dealing with. I believe he's going to have compassion. He was moved with compassion. He stretched out his hand and he touched this leper. You're not supposed to do that, but Jesus did it. He touched this leper, leper and he said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. It's God's will. It's God's will to heal. In previous eras, I'm skipping. I want to get to the end. People's surnames were derived, taken from their occupation, from their line of work, from what they did. If you were a baker, then, then your name would come from that. Or if you were a blacksmith, your name. If you were a carpenter, whatever your occupation, your work, it's kind of how you got your name. You became known by what you did. Can I remind you that one of the ways our God is known is as Jehovah Rapha. Oh, if you're, if you're confused, well, I'm a little bit excited about that. It's because Rapha means the God who heals. He wants to be your Jehovah Rapha. Not just your Jehovah Savior. He wants to be your Jehovah Rapha. He wants to be the God who heals. Everything that Jehovah was and is can be found in Jesus Christ. He is the God who heals. David said this in Psalm 103 verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. What are his benefits? He forgives all my iniquities. There it is right there. He saves us. He saves us. But what else does he do? That's the atonement. There's the prophetic of the atonement right there. The, the cross was not just for your salvation. By his stripes. By his stripes. We are healed. He forgives. He forgives our sins. He washes us clean. He saves our souls, but he also heals all our diseases. Would somebody say it with me right now? I believe it. Come on, say, I believe it. Shout, I believe it. Come on, don't limit God. It's not time to be civilized with your faith. It's time to get a little bit radical. It's time to believe against the odds. It's time to push past your objections. It's time to get a hold of the hem of his garment. It's time for you to put your foot in the water. Come on, it's time for you to put your foot in the water. How deep do you want to go today? How deep do you want to go? It's up to you. I said it's up to you. Come on, there are those that are coming. While you're coming, we're going to put this on the screen. Here's another declaration. Healings will increase in the last days. Oh, I said healings will increase in the last days. In our text, Jesus came off the mountaintop where he'd been praying. And as he came down, he healed one person after another. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says it was at evening time. Those who were possessed by the devils 
He healed them. Those who were sick in body, He healed them. He delivered them. He healed them all. As night was approaching, He healed. As the sun was setting, He healed. In those waning moments of the day, He healed. Because what He did in the morning, He can do in the evening. And I just believe that God desires to do the same for us today. If we will just believe Him for it. Come on, stretch forth your hands. Come on, if he did it in Matthew chapter 8, he can do it today. Come on, if you've got faith, would you just begin to call on the Lord? I believe it. If you've got a sickness, would you come? If you need emotional healing, would you come? Ministers, prayer leaders, men and women of faith, I need you in this altar. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.